Now, all that being said, influencers are the cheapest eyeballs based on what's called the CPM. CPM rate is the cost per thousand eyeballs. So if an influencer gets you 10,000 views, 100,000 views, a million views, those numbers are gonna be way less, not a little bit less, way less based on an ad rate from billboards, radio, TV, etc. Some of them charge between 10 and $30 CPM rate, meaning for every thousand eyeballs, these other mediums want 10 to $30 per thousand eyeballs. Guess how much influencer eyeball rate for CPMs is? Less than $1 on average. So you're not talking about a 10 or 20% difference. When something is $10 to $30 and influencers can be around $1, that is a 90 to 95% difference in ad rate. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays where we talk about three core topics, how to make money, how to invest money, how to give it away to charity. But today, we're not doing any of that. Today, we're going to talk about social media agency, how to do influencer campaigns, how to work with influencers, celebrities, how to build your brand, help your product, your personal brand, your service, your agency, and anything in between. I'm going to walk you through all sides of actually owning an agency that has spent over $60 million with influencers. The number is way higher. I just use that number because that's the ones I can remember. We've done over 110,000 paid posts with influencers and celebrities. So I'm going to walk you through beginning, middle, end, uh, advanced, intermediary, like everything between. So we can talk about how to work with influencers, how to build your product, brand, or service. And if you are an influencer listening, you're going to get to hear the side of how does an agency owner think and how do brands think. All right, let's start from the beginning. So over a decade ago, before Elevator Studio, it was actually called One Penny Ad Agency. One Penny Ad Agency is where we were first paying based on impressions. So people could give us like 25K, we would try to get them at least 25 million impressions across social media. There was no algorithm back then. It was just, you know, a timeline. And it was all in chronological order. And everybody that you followed, that's what you saw. And it was beautiful. And it's the way that it should be. So if you're listening, Instagram, Facebook, Zuckerberg, or anybody in between, please go back to chronological. And the only algorithm should be the follow button. If you want to know what we want to see, it's the follow button. We willingly click follow. All right. You guys get the point. All right. So back then it was 25K. That was our minimum. And we would get you at least 25 million impressions. And we'd average 40 million to 100 million impressions even though we were just guaranteeing 25 million. Why do we do that? Well, I don't believe in one-time clients. Getting a client for 25 grand one time, eh, that's useless. There's no point to it. I'm gonna make a 20% fee, which would be five grand, and I gotta pay a bunch of my staff and people in between. So getting someone once for 25K, making five grand as an agency, making our 20% fee, some agencies charge 10%, some as high as 30. We've always been 20 at one penny agency and at Elevator Studio. Me getting you a brand to do that one time for 25K, making five, paying things out, that doesn't really make sense for us from an overhead perspective, from a staff perspective, everything between just doesn't really make sense. So I wanted to overdo it. I wanted to underpromise and overdeliver every single time. You might hear it playing in the background. It's okay. We're on the Money Mondays. We're on a podcast. Uh, and so what happens is I want to make sure that I was underpromising. So if I said 25 million impressions or 25 million views, I knew I was going to get you at least 35, 45, sometimes 50 or 60 million impressions, even though I didn't have to, meaning I could have spent less. That's called arbitrage. Spending less would be, let's say you're a brand, you're like a Fashion Nova or a Fit Tea or Postmates or Lyft or DraftKings or Airbnb or Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, Nasty Gal. I've worked with so many different brands. So arbitraging is what I didn't do. An arbitrage would be brand says, here's 25 grand. Let's say they're a female f fashion brand. 
25 grand, pay influencers for me. Well, we charge is 20% flat. So you know you're, we're taking five grand and we're going to spend 20 grand on your behalf and we spend it like it's our money. So if an influencer wants 1,400, I'm trying to get them for like 1,100, 1,200. Influencer wants 1,000, I'm trying to negotiate 700, 800 because I want to get repeat posts and more bang for the buck for the brand. And the influencers are okay with it because I'm getting them a fashion deal, a, a tea deal, an energy drink deal, a supplement deal, a movie deal, a TV show deal, a mobile app, posting for a musician or a rapper or a DJ. I'm getting them so many different, I'm getting them paid from so many different ways. They didn't mind doing discounts for me and for Elevator Studio and one penny ad agency because they knew we were going to get them a bunch of campaigns over and over and over while a lot of agencies just kind of came and went over like the years. I've seen so many agencies pop up, disappear, pop up, go bankrupt, pop up, disappear. And so we've stayed strong all these years. There's no investors in Elevator Studio. I'm the only owner of it besides my CEO who I gave equity to, which I'll get into later. Outside of that, there's no investors, no partners. I own Elevator Studio by myself. So 25K, let's say I was going to arbitrage. That would mean that I would go to influencers, negotiate, and then go only spend like 12 grand or 14 grand or 16 grand out of the 25. That's an arbitrage. There's nothing wrong with that. Problem is you're not thinking about the client. You're thinking about yourself. So if you're out there and you're a broker or you're an agent or you're an agency, if you are arbitraging deals, meaning you are overcharging, and then keeping the middle, you are thinking short term. So if you go out there and do that and you don't perform for these brands, they are not going to rehire you. A ton of the clients I've gotten over the years is brokers, dealers, like professional best friends, what I call them. Like, hey, I can get you this person to post, this celebrity to post. They take a bunch of money. They give a little bit of the money to the celebrity. The brand finds out and then that's it. They're dead to them. They never use that broker or professional best friend or the celebrity wrangler ever again. With us, we're just very transparent. If I say I'm going to pay Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner or Tyga or Amber Rose or Scott Disick, fitness influencer, a, a micro influencer, a car influencer, anybody in between, if I say I'm going to pay them five grand, I promise you I'm paying them five grand. You're just going to be paying 20% on top of that. I'm paying them a net amount. And the influencer knows we don't take a percentage from them. Most agencies double dip. So double dipping would be I get 25 grand from a fitness brand or a fashion brand. I then go to influencer and say, hey, here's $1,000 for a post. I then charge 10 to 20% to the influencer to kick me back as an agency. That would be double dipping because I'm already getting 20% here from the brand and I'd be asking an influencer or a celebrity to pay me back 10 to 20%. Can an agency do that or a broker do that? Of course they can. Is it legal? Totally is. I don't do it because I want to pay a net amount to the influencer. I want them to feel like we are the friendly agency that's been around for a decade and I want to get repeat clients on both sides. I want the client to be happy with me, but I also look at the influencers kind of like a client as well because I don't manage any talent. Out of the 3,500 influencers that we W9'd, meaning like imagine getting influencers to sign a W9, we've had 3,500 influencers W9 the last couple of years in particular. Those influencers, we don't manage. We just pay them per post. So some of them get one post a deal. Some of them we pay 10 posts for the year. Some of them we pay 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 times throughout the year, depending on the size of influencer or type of influencer, etc. So we don't arbitrage at Elevator Studio because I want to spend the money as if it's my own so that you repeat, you reorder, you stick with us for a long time. I'll give you some examples. Some of the brands we work with have been with us for four to all 10 years and have never left us. Some of them are on autopilot. They just work with us every single month since 2015, 16, 14, 13, 17, etc. That's half a decade. Some of them even longer. I'm just autopilot because they know we're efficient. 
They know we're get good at reporting. We get screenshots of everything. And it's a very easy process. So let me walk you through some of the different types of styles of influencer campaigns. So let's say you have a female fa fashion brand. Let's say you have a clothing brand or you have a knife set that you started or sunglasses or a food company or an energy drink company or beverage company, anything in between. Influencers are the fastest and easiest way to get eyeballs right away. Let me give you an example. Billboards, radio, television, print, and all those type of things typically take 90 to 180 days before they're up. So let's say you want to buy a billboard. You can, but it might take you 30, 60, or 90 days before you ever see it on the freeway, and you don't know how many people actually saw it because they're either on their phone, they're driving, etc. So you don't know the actual impressions. When people sell you the ad rates on a billboard, they base it on cars that drive by, not how many people look. So they might be 2 million cars that drive by that every single month, but how many actually look at that billboard? And then when they do, how many retain the information from that billboard? So let's say you're a fashion brand or you're an energy drink and your name is up on that billboard. How many people retain that when they're seeing on average over 3,000 logos per day? So they're just seeing another logo on a billboard. Unless something is compelling and there's like a unicorn flying out of there and there's sparks and fireworks or something crazy, they are probably not going to retain the information from that billboard, even if it's cool. They're definitely not going to remember the website name or the phone number or whatever your call to action is. And so it's very difficult for billboards to convert. They are good for branding. They're good for branding. And you will convert better on your Facebook ads and other ads because someone saw your billboard, not necessarily going to convert from the billboard. Print magazines, same concept. They base the ad rates on as if seven people on average read that magazine. Meaning, uh, Dan buys a magazine and then Dan shares that magazine with seven people on average. I don't know about you, I don't walk around sharing my magazine and I definitely don't share it with seven different people. But the ad rates have for many, many years, for decades, have been based on seven people on average sharing that magazine. And then you also have to assume, even if that was true, which it's not, even if that was true, that people are flipping through every single page of that magazine and seeing your brand. Let's say you're the fashion brand, you're the energy drink supplement company, etc. TV is another concept that is hard to tell. They say, hey, there's been 2 million views of this TV show. Totally true. It's all tested, rated. There's ways to check on that. That reporting is probably very true. However, when is the last time you have watched a commercial? What do you do during commercials? You either fast forward, go to the restroom, to have a snack, talk to the other person in the room, or most of you look at your cell phone. Now, the company, the TV show, or the TV channel is still selling you an ad rate based on the whole 2 million people, even though most of those 2 million people are not looking at that commercial. So you have to keep that in mind when you're thinking about ad rates, how expensive it can be, and it's based on high impressions. Now, am I saying don't do TV ads? Of course you should. TV ads still edify you as a brand. Should you not do print magazine? Of course you can. You should negotiate, but print magazines are edifying you, make you look good as a brand. That's why you see a lot of high-end brands use it, and a lot of consumer products use magazines. Billboards. I'm buying billboards right now. I have billboards all throughout Salt Lake City that say thelimitlessarena.com. Right the second, thelimitlessarena.com. There are billboards all up and down Salt Lake City that's got Gary Vee, David Goggins, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, me, The Muscle, all these people up on this billboard. And so people are converting. They're seeing the brand and they're going to buy tickets to our event, which is September 23rd in Salt Lake City. We're trying to fill up an arena with 7,000 people. The billboards help us convert on the ads. So do I know how many people are buying tickets from seeing the limitlessarena.com up on a billboard? I don't know that conversion. Nobody does unless they're using a code billboard, which they're not. 
they're seeing it. However, my ads today alone did $60,000 in sales in the local area. So I know there was 150 tickets sold today and our event sales team with Brian Rand, he showed us the stats and he's like, hey, today was 150 tickets, 60,000 sales. There's over 450 in the queue. There's this many leads. Like we saw that today in this moment and with the billboard being up there, that helped a lot. Now, again, we don't know how many are converting from the billboard itself. We're gonna have a big spider in here. <laughs> uh, we don't know how many are converting from the billboard itself, but we do know that it helps us with conversions when someone then later sees a Facebook ad an Instagram ad, a LinkedIn ad, Twitter, TikTok, threads, etc. When they see that ad, they might remember it because the billboard that they saw that they drove by. Now, all that being said, influencers are the cheapest eyeballs based on what's called a CPM. A CPM rate is the cost per thousand eyeballs. So if an influencer gets you 10,000 views, 100,000 views, a million views, those numbers are going to be way less, not a little bit less, way less based on an ad rate from billboards, radio, TV, etc. Some of them charge between 10 and $30 CPM rate, meaning for every thousand eyeballs, these other mediums want 10 to $30 per thousand eyeballs. Guess how much an influencer eyeball rate for CPMs is? Less than $1 on average. So you're not talking about a 10 or 20% difference. When something is $10 to $30 and influencers can be around $1, that is a 90 to 95% difference in ad rate. Here's the other difference. Let's say we have an influencer post right this second, right? Let's say there's Casey Loves Fitness, there's Anna Cherie, here you go, here's a female fashion brand and here's a supplement company. Here's First Form. Will you guys post about First Form? They say yes. That post can be up tonight. When I say tonight, I mean like literally tonight. If they don't have the product, I can FedEx overnight. Here's some First Form. Boom, firstform.com. That's gonna be up on their page tomorrow. You see the difference? Here's the other thing. Casey can now show us the backend analytics of her page. And we can see, oh, there were 62,000 impressions. This is how many people clicked. You take a screenshot and we know without a shadow of a doubt how many people saw that post. And more are going to see it because that post is going to live on on her page. That doesn't happen with a billboard. That doesn't happen with TV or radio. So again, I'm not saying not to ever buy TV, radio, billboard, and other types of marketing. I'm just saying that with influencer marketing, and I may be a little bit jaded because I've done influencer marketing for a decade, I may be a bit skewed, but that's because it works. I've watched it work. I watched it change brands' lives. I watched it help build brands like Fashion Nova and Fit Tea and Sugar Bear Hair and all these brands that you've seen go on to like the watch company that did a couple hundred million in sales. Like there's some amazing brands that have stemmed from strictly social media marketing, strictly from influencer marketing. And so as we see what the ad rates are like, and you see what the conversions are like, keep in mind for your brand or for yourself, how could that apply to you? The biggest thing to me is if I can then go get 10 influencers, 50 influencers, 100 influencers, once I have data that Casey's post did well, right? She got 62,000 impressions in one day and still growing. And this many link clicks, and this is how many people shared it, this is how many people screenshotted it, this is how many people forwarded her post. Well, I have Casey Loves Fitness, I have her content, I can see exactly what happened. I now have data to go get other fitness influencers, other beauty influencers, other fashion influencers, knowing approximately how much I can spend based on what happened on Casey's page. You can think about for yourself the same concept. Once you have that data, which I got to get back in one day, I would have had to wait for a month or two months or three months or four months or five months for TV, radio, billboard, and other types of marketing, other types of mediums. Like 
bus stops and benches and the side of buses. All those are cool for branding. I'm never going to see the exact stats because those are all in real life in 3D out there in the world, physical, which is cool. I want to know on social media tomorrow what the stats are. Wow, she got 62,000 impressions. This is how many link clicks happened. I know I should just buy more posts. Buy more posts from her. Buy more posts from him. Buy more posts from people that are like her and him and go out there and get as many posts as I can because I have the data to what's called pour gasoline on the fire. Once I know that something works and I get to find out rather quickly, hey, I'm going to post with girls of this age group. I'm going to post with guys that are really super buff. I'm going to post with guys that are actually like thin and they're runners. I'm going to post with um, the mom type influencers, the mom influencers. I'm going to post with them. And then I test it out. I'm going to spend five grand here, a thousand bucks here, 500 bucks here, two grand here. I'm going to test out. And if I find out that the mom influencers are converting the best, that's called digging for oil. Once I've done digging for oil and I found out, hey, mom influencers are converting the best for this supplement or for this energy drink or for this fashion brand. Well, now I know I could still spend a little bit if I want with fashion influencers or fitness influencers or runners, etc. But once I know the mom influencers are converting the best, I can now pour gasoline on the fire. You see what I'm saying? I tested out at 1,000, 3,000, 2,000, 5,000, and it was working, but the mom influencers converted the best. Now go spend 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand until the oil runs out, which is rare because there's so many mom influencers that are out there that you could work with. So you can test out the same concept with 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. The numbers are all relative to your situation. You're just starting a brand. Go test out 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 200 bucks. You're going to get the same data and analytics. It's just on a bigger scale as you're spending more money, but you can get to that by starting off with 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, etc. When you see it working, when you see that the mom influencers were working or the music influencer was working or the rapper was working, the TikToker worked really well. When you find out which one was working, spend most of your time, money and energy focused on that and do more of the same. You're digging for oil, and then when you find what works, do more of the same. And the analogy is pour gasoline on that fire. Spend as much as you can as it's converting until it doesn't convert anymore. Now, the best part is you're going to get the analytics right away. You're going to get the reaction right away. You're going to have traffic and feedback right away, and you'll know all these things within days, not months. That's a really important thing for businesses that are trying to build their brands quickly. You can outpace your competitors rather quickly in this scenario. What's interesting is there are so many different types of influencers. There's micro-influencers. A micro-influencer has between 5,000 and 25,000 followers. A micro-influencer can be in a niche. So this person's really good at welding or they're really good at makeup or hair. This person is really good at basketball or pickleball. They're really good at a specific niche. That influencer, even if they only have 10 or 20,000 followers, was probably going to convert better than another influencer that has 200,000 followers just for being hot or just for being funny. Why? The 20,000 people following an influencer that's teaching about basketball or teaching about food or teaching about makeup, you know why they're all there. It's really clear why they're all there. They care about food or makeup or basketball. That influencer teaches about something and they have 20,000 followers. Almost all those followers are there because of the niche category of what they're teaching or what they're showing, the content they're producing. The hot girl or the hot guy or the really funny girl or really funny guy that got 200,000 followers from a viral video, well, you don't know what those people like. You don't know if they actually like fitness, food, fashion, cars. You don't know what niche they like. 
They just like the influencer. They like that they're funny, or they like look at uh, they like how hot they are. They like something about them, not necessarily what they do or the content that they create. That is about a niche. Now, should you post also with a two hundred thousand follower person? Sure, that's good for branding. The conversions will be higher with a niche influencer in your category. So if you have a fashion brand and there's someone that's uh, making like actual fashion related content, that's going to convert well. You have a supplement company or a beverage company or a snack company or a food company and you post with a fitness influencer and they only have 20,000 followers, but they're a personal trainer. I promise you the people that follow a personal trainer care about food, health, what they eat, what they drink. Someone here with 200,000 followers that is just hot, good looking or funny. That person is not necessarily going to convert the same, but they will get you a lot of eyeballs. They will get you a lot of eyeballs. The rates could be very similar too. That all depends. So micro influencers are 5,000 to 25,000 followers. Some people have different numbers. That's the ballpark of it. Some people say less. Some people say more. That's the ballpark. The medium influencers is where I like a lot. That's where you got like 50,000 to 250,000 followers. The medium sized influencers do super well. They could be a bit of, ni of a niche influencer and have general branding, meaning they might have got famous for being hot or funny or something viral happened or some who they dated might have made them famous or a TV show they were on or press happened. Something might have happened that made them famous. But then there's a niche about them. Like they're really good about talking about makeup or they're really good about talking about food. Or they're really good about talking about hair or date nights and relationships. Something about them might be super good. Then you have the big influencers. These are 500,000, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, etc. These influencers can get quite expensive, but they're worth it. If someone has a million followers, that's powerful. That's a lot of eyeballs. Now, keep in mind, on some platforms, only 7% of those followers are going to get to see it based on the algorithm. So we don't know how many get to see it before we buy the post. You're going to get a general idea because you can see their analytics. So if this girl has a million followers and she's getting 70,000 views, well, you have a general consensus or general idea of what the amount of eyeballs you might get. Sometimes it could go viral. Sometimes it could be worse. It might get less than those views, but you have a general idea of what that person's post might get impressions wise. Now, keep in mind, you have the fitness product or you have the beverage company or the snack company, or the sunglasses company, the toy company, whatever it is that you have that's listening. An influencer can lead the horses to water. They can't make them drink, meaning your product, your website still has to sell. It still has to convert. So this influencer might post you and they've got 10 million followers and all these people see it. Then they come to your website and it doesn't work. Or they come to your website and the checkout process is too hard. They go to your website and it's like clunky and things are wrong. There's misspellings. Something's happening on the website. That is not the influencer's fault. They can lead the horses to water. They can't make them drink. So keep that in mind. Make sure all your ducks are in a row. Your website works good. The sales convert. Everything on your site is ready and you have inventory ready. Or if you're an agency, a brand, a product or a service that you are ready physically, emotionally and mentally to have a bunch of traffic come in. In this example, when I just talked about the Limitless Arena, we had 10,000 leads this week. Think about that for a second. 10,000 leads came in this week. And all we did was have ads running, the billboards and a few of the speakers post. There's 30 days left before the September 23rd, this huge event in Utah for the Limitless Arena. We are going to start really pouring gas in the fire. You're going to start seeing ads everywhere. I'm going to be posting all the time. You're going to see all of our 25 speakers posting all the time. 
So we'll go from 10,000 leads to 30,000 to 50,000 to 100,000 leads during this time, during this month, using influencer marketing. It's a bit different. I'm using the speakers as the influencers. So why is a speaker an influencer? Well, same concept. They might be a podcaster, a big business person, but if they have 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, some of our speakers have 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, 10 million followers. If they post about it, they are both a niche influencer because they produce business content, right? Uh, Bradley, Gary V, Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, all these legends, Cody Sanchez, Pace Morby, they make business content. Tim Grover, they make business content, but they're also famous. Some Their videos went viral. They've been on big podcasts with other big people. They've been on TV shows. They've been on the press. They've been on a zillion stages. So they're both, meaning they have, they're a business influencer, so that's their niche. They make business-related content. Most of our speakers are in a business category, but they also are more famous than that because they have been on podcasts. They've been on TV shows. They've been on magazines. They've been on stages their whole life, and they've built up big businesses. Okay, above the big influencer, then there's the really big influencers. These are the celebrities and sometimes they m might not be considered a celebrity, but if they've got five, 10, 20 million followers, that's more than a lot of celebrities. And so I consider them a celebrity, even if they're an influencer that hasn't been on a TV show or a movie. Listen, most TV shows only get 300,000 to 2 million views. There's influencers that are getting that every day. So let's just be clear. Just because they're on a TV or on a movie screen, that, is, that makes them a celebrity based on old school Hollywood theory. But like, Celise Rose, she's getting 5, 10, 20 million views. At Charlie, the real Tarzan, who I talk about all the time, are my co-host on the podcast. Tarzan gets 200 million views a month. A month. There's no TV show in history that has 200 million views a month. Not Friends, not any, not no show, not Seinfeld, nobody has 200 million views a month. Not even close, by the way. It's not even the same ballpark or the same world. Uh, a show having 10 or 15, 20 million views is legendary in a week. Like, He's getting that on a Wednesday. So let's just be clear. He's not considered a celebrity by old Hollywood's theory, but the real Tarzan gets more views than your top 10 favorite shows combined. And so we have to keep those numbers in mind when dealing with influencers, celebrities, and brands, etc. Now, when you start to go from these influencers that have 3 million, 5 million, 10 million, 20 million followers, these posts can get very expensive. 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, sometimes 50,000 to $100,000 for a post, for one post. Typically, you're in a tr if you are the brand, you want to try to get two or three posts if you can and try to buy a package. It will convert better if you can buy multiple posts. Why? The first time a, a follower sees influencer posts about your supplement company, your CBD brand, your pillows, your toys, let's say you make fun pet toys, whatever the thing is that you make, the first time a follower sees it is when they're making a consideration like, oh, what is that? Oh, I wonder why she's posting about that. Why is he doing that? They might research it. They might click on the link, etc. But they're not sold. They just saw something for the first time. Their guard might be up. They might be traveling. They might be at school or at home or in bed. They might not really dive in. The second time they see an influencer post it, now they're like, whoa, they actually are part of this brand. There must be a reason why they're posting this multiple times. The third time an influencer posts it, the conversion rates are crazy because now the followers, they know and they feel like this influencer that they follow or look up to and respect is really behind this brand. So if you can, if you're a brand owner, try to buy three posts from a br from an influencer when you can. Even if it's a little more expensive or if it's more like a brand deal, I promise you it's worth it. It's going to convert higher on the second and third post 
simply because their followers will believe in it more, and most all their followers will have seen it by the second or third post, not necessarily just in the first post. Now, when you're working with an influencer, how do you determine a rate? Well, rates are hard because they're speculative. Some influencers charge 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, 1000 bucks. Some influencers ask for 5000, 10000 or 20000 with the same amount of following as the person asking for 500 bucks. Why? Because it's speculative. Some people want to do it based on their brand. Some people might s feel like they're entitled to it. Some people built a big niche. Some people just don't know what to charge, so they just ask for a big rate or too small of a rate. It's the wild, wild west still a decade later on how to charge for influencer posts. Now, you need to make an, a rate that's affordable for you as, your, as the brand and make an offer to the influencer. If you just ask influencer's rate, it's probably going to be too high for you. If you just say, hey, influencer with a million followers, how much would you charge for a post? They might ask you for 1000 5000 10000 20000 You don't know because the influencer might not know what to charge you, and they're just going to pick a number. Better off to start off saying, hello, influencer with a million followers. I'd like to offer you 1000 for a post. I want to buy three posts. If we could spread it out over two weeks, that'd be great. Here's my product. I'd like to send you some samples. See how easy that was? It's a few sentences. It's very clear, very cut. You're telling them what you want, telling them how much you want to pay, telling them that you want to send them samples, and you make it a very clean process. Why do you need to make it a clean process when dealing with an influencer or celebrity? They are bombarded by DMs and emails of people messaging them, asking them to post about products, brands, services, etc. So a couple of things when reaching out to an influencer. One, in the first five words of your message, be clear about what you are offering or what you want. So fashion brand offering paid posts. Fashion brand offering paid posts. It's five words. If an influencer is sliding through their DMs and scrolling through their DMs and they're, boom, they're going to see fashion brand offering paid posts. That's going to stand out to them compared to, hi, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Hey, I love your work. Hey, I love your content. That looks like a fan is messaging them. And you know how many messages they get? Thousands and thousands of messages based on the size of the influencer. And so to stand out and to be clear, say exactly what you want in the first five words, and then you can explain more in the paragraph. Next thing, do not send a two or three page long message, especially on your first message, to an influencer celebrity. You know why? They're not going to read it. It's too much. doesn't matter how cool you are, what you're offering them. You might say on paragraph three, I want to give you, I just want to wire you a million dollars. They're not going to know that because they're not going to read it. They're never going to get to paragraph three. It's not going to happen. So you do not want some long drawn out message, especially on your first message to an influencer celebrity. Just make it one paragraph, make it clear cut, make it exactly who you are, how much you want to offer them, what you want to do. And by the way, if you're not sending money, you just want to send samples or send free gifts or free products. That's fine too. Make that clear right there in the first five words and in that paragraph. I want to send you this many clothing products or supplements, sunglasses, children's toys, whatever it is that you make, make it clear what you want to do, how you want to do it, and how to execute on it. You want to make it easy so there's not a bunch of back and forth with the influencer. Let's say you are an influencer. Let me reverse the roles for a second. You're an influencer. You're listening to this whole thing right now. How do you charge? Come up with a rate that's actually affordable that someone will pay for you multiple times, not just once. If you ask for someone to pay you $5,000 and you only get them a few thousand eyeballs, they're going to be mad at you, resentful. You're not going to convert well. They might tell other people about you. You don't want that. Charge a rate that is reasonable that you're going to be able to get consistently rather than once in a while. Why? 
getting paid every week from a water company, a snack company, a fashion brand, a car company, a podcast that wants more promotion, a lo- like a local luxury hotel. Like there's infinite amount of clients for you if you make it affordable. If you go to a luxury hotel and say, I want 5000 for a post, they're probably not going to pay you. But if you say, I want 500 bucks for a post, will you buy three posts for me and I'll post over the next two weeks? They will pay you. And it's really easy because it's content you would make anyway. You would make content at the fancy hotel anyway. You would make content with a cool car anyway or a new bike or a new skateboard or a new camera or new whatever. All these consumer products or things that you like, contact them. Tell them that you'll do a post or three posts on an affordable rate and you'd be shocked and surprised how few other influencers are actually reaching out to these brands. If there's brands that you're addicted to, fashion brands, product brands, technology brands, food brands, like if there's like a water or snack or a drink that you have all the time, message them, send them a message, send them an email, say, hey, I'd love to do paid posts for you. Or if you just like the product a lot because it's a good product or you spend a lot of money on it, send a message that you'll do it for free products. You'd be surprised how many aspects of your life you could reduce your overhead by just going out and reaching out to the supplement company, the beverage company, the alcohol company, the clothing company, the things that you use in your life on a daily basis that you like, message those brands and tell them in a very clean, same thing, just a clean paragraph, what you'd like from them and what you could offer to them based on your social media following. You might only have 10,000 followers. They still care. You might have 10 million followers. They still care, but they might not think that they can afford you. So either way, if you're an influencer listening to this, interact with the brand's products or services of who you'd like to work with. Okay. We talked about micro-influencers, medium-influencers, large-influencers. On the celebrity side, some of them skew their rates very, very, very high because they don't want to post too much. And they know that their face attachment or their name attachment is already a big deal to a brand, product, or service. And so in those times, those rates can be 50000 100000 a quarter million dollars and more based on a celebrity. And when you talk about the household name celebrities, sometimes the, number, the rates get insane. There's been times I've wired the Kardashians millions of millions of dollars for them to do three posts, six posts, nine posts, 12 posts type things with maybe a few of the sisters um, because it works, but it's millions and millions of dollars and they split it up based on the brand, product, or service. There's sometimes it's mid six figures for one post from whether it's the Kardashians and Jenners or it's rappers or household name influencers or influencers that have 20, 30, 40, 50 million followers that are in the music space, et cetera. They can charge 100,000, 200,000 for a post and it's worth it because they're getting millions of impressions or tens of millions of impressions. Now, as we start to wrap up, think for yourself, if you're an influencer, how much could I charge comfortably? so that brands want to work with me and make a one page PDF about yourself. You can use a company like mediakits.com or you can go out there and do it yourself. You're just making a one pager about this is how many followers I have and you showcase all of your accounts. Even if your Instagram is the biggest or your TikTok is the biggest, threads is the biggest, whatever platform you're the biggest on, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, make your one page PDF that shows here's the page that I'm biggest on. This is where I have 200,000 followers but still show the other five or six accounts that you have that might only have 5,000, 50,000 followers. It all still adds up. Talk about on there, on that one page PDF, who are you? What do you like to post about? What is your content like? And then showcase some screenshots of your actual engagement or the backend analytics. If you do that, you skip all the back and forth of the brand that wants to actually pay you for something. By showcasing exactly what your post like, you're like, look, I have 200,000 followers on this account. I got a bunch of other p- accounts. I combined for 350,000 followers. 
I average around 50,000 impressions. I'd like to get $1,000 per post. I often post about puppies, makeup, fitness, and I just love all these things. Well, now brands have a decision to make really quickly and you gave them all the information in one shot and you can have right there your Zelle cash app, your email address. If you want your phone number, you can put it on there. Like you have a very seamless, clean cut way to interact with these platforms. You can actually be making real money. I know 15 year old kids that are making three grand, five grand, 10 grand a month, just charging 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, and 300 bucks for a post. They don't even have that many followers. They've got like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 followers, but the brands like it. They like micro influencers. And so cereal companies pay them, snack companies pay them. Uh, cutlery companies that are just selling like plastic knives and forks. I've seen so many deals over my lifetime in the space of just 15 year old kids that are just making good money posting for 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. There's a 93 year old lady that I've watched make hundreds of thousands of dollars just making funny videos where just a couple years ago she couldn't afford her rents and now she's making hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for posts of just her being funny in a retirement home. So it doesn't matter what age you are. You could be 93, you could be 15, and everything in between, you can make money from social media. You can make money from working with influencers. You can become an influencer. Last thing before we cut out. How do you post on social media? What should you post? If you are an influencer or you're someone that doesn't think you're an influencer, but you just have 5,000, 10,000, 50,000 followers, here's what you should post. One of these four topics. Topic one, make them laugh. Topic two, Show them something interesting. Topic three, show them something relevant. Topic four, so show them something timely, something that's going on in the real world. Why? If you do one of those four things, funny, timely, relevant, etc., and you show them one of those four things, they are likely to repost your content. If you make them laugh, they're likely to share your content and forward it to their friends or repost it on their stories, re-thread re you, retweet you, etc. They might repost your content if you make them laugh. If you teach them something, show them something interesting, they're likely to forward your content, retweet you, repost you on Instagram, share you on Facebook, etc., because you taught them something that was interesting. If you show them something relevant or timely, they're likely to repost your content, which is how you can gain good following and getting free marketing. Oftentimes, I'll make posts and I'll watch how many people forward the content. They actually like DM it to other people, and then I try to replicate that type of content because I know that's what people want to see, or it's something that was engaging or taught them something. If you do one of those four things, oftentimes you can grow your following. Other thing, showcase your life. You don't have to post your children if you don't want to. You don't have to post your pets if you don't want to. But posting things about your life will build an emotional attachment. Here's why. Let me give you a quick example. We're right now at the ranch in San Diego, California. There's probably 15,000 real estate agents in San Diego, California. And you know what's like the same thing about all 15,000 of them? If you ask them, every one of them is the number one real estate agent in San Diego, California. All of them. Just ask them. Now, imagine if one is named Leon Cook and he's posting him and his dogs. And then Leon posts him playing basketball. And then Leon posts him like out there jogging on Sundays. And on Saturdays, he's with his grandma and she's in a wheelchair. It's so sweet. They go to brunch on Saturdays. Well, when someone asks me about real estate, I'm going to think about Leon because I know when he plays basketball. I know about his puppies and dogs. I know about his grandma. She's so sweet. Like I feel an emotional attachment to him that when someone says real estate San Diego, boom, I think about Leon and I make him a referral. You create that by creating an emotional attachment that leads to top of mind awareness. 
So by having things and showcasing your life, some of your travels, some of your work, some of your events, make them laugh, teach them something. You're building emotional attachment that leads to that top of mind awareness. So if you have a business, if you're an influencer, you're a creator, you'll get referrals based on the emotional attachment that leads to top of mind awareness. All right, guys, I have no idea how long I went. Typically, the Money Mondays is 40 minutes because the average workout is 45 minutes. The average commute is 45 minutes. And so we try to keep our episodes to 40 minutes. Right now, the real Tarzan, he is in Brazil wrestling with alligators and making content out there to get another couple hundred million views. So I'm here by myself at the ranch right here at the Wild Jungle. If you guys want, every Monday at 4 p.m. PST, I do what's called the MoneyMondays.com live coaching Zoom calls. So we do live Q&A. I talk for about 40 minutes, which is about the same length of the podcast, where I deep dive on topics. This thing is about 300 bucks a month because I'm raising a ton of money for what's called the world's largest toy drive. This December, we're going to try to break the Guinness Book World Records again. Not try. We are going to break the Guinness Book World Records again this December, December 2nd in LA. December 15th, we ended off 10 cities during those 13 or 14 days. We're going to throw toy drives all over the country. And so it's 300 bucks a month. Sorry. No, wait. It's only 200 bucks a month. It's 200 bucks a month for the moneymondays.com. And we take that capital, we take that profit, and we're focusing that money towards this toy drive. Because 10 cities, it's going to be a lot of overhead. It's going to be a lot of execution. We're going to have a lot of staff members, a lot of people to execute this thing. I'm very excited about it. So if you'd like to do what's the coaching, it's a group coaching. Every Monday at 4 o'clock, go to moneymondays.com and join me there. It's not only me that's teaching. I have Joey Carson, my CEO. I have other executives. I'm going to surprise some athletes and celebrities that are going to come on there. So it's about 40 minutes on the moneymoneys.com where we do like actual speech and deep dive. And then we leave 20 minutes to do a Q&A session uh, where you can just jump on the Zoom and we pull you up on screen. We'll interact with you live, answer your questions. I've been doing it almost every Monday and I bring in other business people and interesting characters to come jump on as well. But we do it every single Monday. I'll be doing this forever and ever. Right now, the Money Mondays podcast, it's been number one for 136 days in a row in the entrepreneur category. So I appreciate you guys for sharing, liking, commenting, sending it to your friends because we believe here that so many people grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money and we think it's rude to not talk about money. So go out there, share the podcast, talk with your friends about money, talk with your friends, your family, your followers. Make sure you have these blunt discussions about money. It's very important to our lives. It's important to our society. It's important for charity. It's important for your bills and everything in between. Go to moneymondays.com and we'll see you guys next Monday.